When it comes to federal technology and procurement, nearly a $100 billion item, 2020 will be remembered for many things, but maybe topping the list, it was the year telework became the norm across the government. The year that's almost over also proved that urgency and emergency can drive agencies and vendors to get hardware and software in place in record time and within federal rules. Federal News Network's executive editor Jason Miller joins me now with the top technology and procurement stories of 2020 and what to expect in 2021. And Jason, we know telework and remote work was the biggest story of the year. Tell us about the buying end of it. We are going to talk to Nicola Grisco in the next hour about the work end of it. So much of what happened over the last six months and nine months, we can look back and say, wow, that was really successful. But all of that was built up during the year. And I talked to a panel of experts, Tom. I talked to several federal, former federal CIOs, Jose Arrieta, who's over at HHS, uh, S.C. Miller, who's the deputy CIO at DOD, Suzette Kent, the former federal CIO, Malcolm Jackson, who was a CIO during the Obama administration for EPA, is now over at Accenture, and Mike Hettinger, who is a you know well-known, we'll call him a lobbyist, but maybe it's a dirty word we won't really want to say sometimes, but he's well understanding of, of things from the contractor perspective and the agency perspective. And all of them, to a T, pointed out just the changes that happened that built up to get agencies in place to telework. They mentioned the different OMB memos. For instance, there's one, Tom, the very famous M2019, if you're keeping score at home. This was from March, end of March, Harnessing Technology to Support Mission Continuity. It's a very bland title, but what it really did was it basically gave agencies the carte blanche to go forward and really do the remote working, really understand what your policy directive was. It gave you the top cover to really go, okay, we can do e-signatures and e-documents. We can move things online because we can't be together because of the pandemic. Other people pointed out to some of the other memos that OMB put out and the Homeland Security Department and their trusted internet connection 3.0, not just the initial set of documents and policy changes, but the remote use case that really spurred this push to telework. And everything was already there in many ways, but the pandemic, the urgency, and the emergency really spurred this change and really got people on board. And and that's why I think that, without a doubt, Tom, is the biggest point of the year, that agencies made the move, contractors supported the move. It was all done, as far as we know, within the federal rules of acquisition and done quickly and well done. Yeah, they had the groundwork done, so all they had to do was kind of ramp up their VPN capability quickly, and that bought them time, I think, to maybe do more permanent technological solutions for large numbers of remote workers. And it proved it works. It proved it's secure. It almost forced them to say, not just can it work, let's pilot it, let's test it. There's a lot of that in government that I think frustrates a lot of people. You hear, well, we're going to do a pilot of 100 people. Then we're going to do a pilot of 300 people. Then we're going to do a pilot of 1,000 people. It's like, hey, by 300 people, we should know we're ready to go. And let's roll this out much more broadly. I think this forced something that was even better, which is we had to pilot it with 10,000 people and, and, and prove it works because we had no other choice. That's right. I think one CIO said to me that, well, I had 25 branch offices, and then the next day I had 5,000 branch offices, which is everybody's house that they're working from. And Jason, what else did the panel you spoke to say are the big stories or the surprises of 2020? Anything that left was- after that? I did ask him that question. I said, well, what are some of the biggest surprises? And interestingly enough, most still focused on the changes that came from the pandemic with the remote working. But Mike Hettinger said, he actually said, this was a tough question, but he's going to go with Jedi, the big DOD cloud procurement that's still stuck in this protest award cycle. It's still in court. And he, you know, his points out that he 
would have thought that DOD would not have, you know, stuck to its guns and continued to pursue the single vendor approach, but it has. And as you know, Tom, we're still in the middle of it. One of the other big surprises that I think really highlighted from the experts is something that really Essie Miller said. And I think this goes back to, in some ways, the telework discussion. But she mentioned the creative agility responsiveness that agencies really all of a sudden found. It was, again, already there. They just could uncovered it, dusted it off, whatever you want to say. But because of the pandemic, it really made those qualities much more, as she says, visible and much more visible more quickly. And then one other one I'll just throw at you, Tom, is something from Suzette Kent, the former federal CIO. And I think she said that she's not surprised necessarily by how great the, the workforce was and how they moved toward the digital kind of transformation that happened. But they understood that if they didn't, the massive failure that would have been. And sometimes that idea of failure is something that the government doesn't necessarily get their head around all the time because the company, the company can go out of business. We better hope the federal government never goes out of business. So failure, it's less of a pressure on, on I think, agencies than it is on maybe the private sector. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. All right, let's turn our eyes toward 2021. What do people think are the big technology issues to look for coming up? A lot of it is still the same what we heard in 2020. And, and you know, I asked them about like, okay, what about RPA? What about CMMC, the, the big uh, cybersecurity standards or, or other transaction authorities? What other concepts are really rising? And almost everyone brought up zero trust, zero trust architectures, identity management. And I thought that was fascinating because, again, during the pandemic, we heard a lot of talk about zero trust. Oh, we got to move toward it. This really was the, the quote unquote killer app for zero trust and identity management. I think that still will continue to be really important across the, the government in 2021. Yeah, to underscore that, I just want to throw in, too, that my interview with Ron Ross of NIST last week, he said the same thing. And it, if there had been more zero trust architectures built in, maybe the solar winds would have done less damage. Because the, the theory behind that, and Ron knows this much better than I do, is we can stop you at a certain point because you can't move forward because you don't have the right credentials. Solar winds, we have to look into that a little, once we find out a little more. They, they were in quote unquote God mode. And I think that is a concern that you can, once you have that mode, that, that, in access to go anywhere, may, zero trust may not have helped. But that's that's a whole different discussion, I think, Tom. But I think what we're seeing in terms of for 2021 is more agencies move quicker, more toward that zero trust, the enterprise cybersecurity, data quality, supply chain workforce. The other thing that came up in almost everyone is around artificial intelligence. And this is something Jose Arrieta pointed out. And this is something he did while at HHS, something he did while at uh, GSA is really kind of apply these machine learning, these unsupervised machine learning, unsupervised capabilities to contracting to really speed up the process, to really understand the data better. And that's something he thinks will, will be big in 2021. And then I'll just highlight something that Malcolm Jackson wrote from Accenture. And again, he talked about more automation, but you can't do it in isolation. It's really got to be this holistic approach. And he used the often heard term, we're at an inflection point, which you know I appreciate. But I think what he's saying is you've got to look at it. The entire ecosystem has got to be something that the government moves forward together and either you know within the agency or within the entire government. You can't just these one-offs anymore. And I think the pandemic showed us that. And I'm hoping to speak with Mr. Arietta a couple more times while he's still in the business, because then maybe I'll understand what a neural network actually is. <laughs> That's a phrase he likes, and it's worked for him. Let's talk about the Biden administration coming in. What should they consider? What do they need to keep in mind on the IT and procurement front? 
let me start by talking about what Suzette Kent, the former federal CIO, talked about. I think this is really important. She highlighted two things. Number one, continue to support agency transformations. Got to keep the momentum going. Of course, she would say that. I think she did. She followed on what Tony Scott did. Who followed on what Steve Van Roekel did. We can go all the way back, all the way back to the you know Mark Foreman, you know three clicks to service and in, in, in Quicksilver initiatives. Everything was kind of building on. But I think the other point she made, and I think this is huge, and this is something the government doesn't do well, is help tell the citizen impact stories so Congress specifically can understand why you need better technology, why you need better cybersecurity, why you need to have better citizen services that are that, with the technology that underlies it. So they support the policies, the procurement, the budgeting changes that really will benefit the, the citizens of the country. And I think that's something that gets lost in each new administration. They learn it, and then – but but – by the time they've learned it, they're three budget cycles into it, and it's potentially too late. The other thing that, that I think I'll highlight, and this comes from, again, Mike Hettinger, is federal IT is not bipartisan. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you want to row in the same direction. And he points out how the Trump administration built some foundational IT that was built on the Obama stuff, and, and now the, the Biden administration should build, continue to build on the cloud smart, the federal data strategy, and things like that. The other thing that Mike Hettinger talked about was – more funding. And, and of course, he's, a, he's speaking from a contractor perspective, but I think a lot of the CIOs that I've talked with also would support better, smarter funding, a, a relook at how you fund technology. And finally, Tom, of course, S.E. Miller writes about recruiting, retention, retooling, retraining, the workforce piece. We cannot forget about the importance of the workforce. You know, the the, the Trump administration took some nice steps of look, talking about reskilling pilots and data science and cybersecurity. But I think from a general – generally speaking, I think what S.E. Miller is saying is the Biden administration should, again, take that holistic perspective on, on all IT type of jobs and classifications and roles and responsibilities and really try to improve upon that and say, what do we need for a 21st century and beyond government? And we'll be talking about this much more as the year comes forward to us. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. I look forward to more of these conversations, Tom. Take care. And as do I. Check out all of his stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. The people who looked through 200 resumes to fill a job also waited 40 minutes for their internet to dial up. You don't wait 40 minutes for your internet to dial up. You use Upwork to quickly hire talent. This is how we work now. 